Yeah. Okay. Take two. I shouldn't go laugh. Okay. Welcome to the Art Less podcast. It's an arts and culture podcast. That's it. That's all I got for you. <laughs> and if you have a good tagline for us, please tell us. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. It's an arts and culture podcast. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> it sounds like something that we would be like on. It is. We do record on Sunday morning. It sounds like CBS Sunday mornings. <laughs> we're, too bad we're not that highbrow. Too bad we're not like highbrow enough to do that. I should be wearing. I should be wearing like Eileen Fisher. Oh my god! I need to like blow out my hair. Actually, yeah, no. I need like a gunny top. Um, not wearing my pajamas. Um, <laughs> no. I was talking to one of my artist friends yesterday, and she was like, "Yeah, no, I really love that they vary in length." And I was like, "Oh fuck." <laughs> I love that they vary in length. Well, they're not going to vary in length as much because we we have somebody we'd like to introduce. Oh my god, we're so excited! What are we excited about? We guys, we we have someone who wants to give us their time for free, which is like such a bizarre concept. You will all be thankful. Yes. Okay. You want to unmute my friend? Tell us who you are. Hi, everyone. I'm Sadita, um, and I'm going to be helping out Seema and Sophie, hopefully. She's our new producer. Here we, go. we have a producer. Um, we mm, this is turning into a real podcast with real responsibilities. Um, we, we may have, have a schedule. We, we have may scripts. have girl bossed a little too close to the sun, but like Let's it's hope. okay. <laughs> um, I'm keen for it. I'm ready because in talking to more of my artist friends and disseminating this podcast and this work to people in the academic realm, uh, I'm learning. <laughs> Can you tell I've been switching syntaxes this this weekend? I've been learning that it is a very valuable resource for people in that industry because the I, the ability to talk about things in real time just like does not exist yeah. for us, and we are also very siloed from we are everything else. We are, we are. So, which is a good segue no to today's topic, which is mass media. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about black representation in black and mass media. And as always, we have two segments. The first is a little bit more historical, researched, content heavy. And then the second one is about TikTok. So, you know, in- that place where we all rot together. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, you know, we were talking about one of the challenges with Black History Month is that TikTok also has a major problem in terms of supporting Black creators. And so we're going to talk about that in the second half. But I wanted Mm. to talk about how, in some ways, this idea that TikTok, like basically Black creators' success, you should always add 30% to their follower number, for example, I would say, Mm -hmm. because of all of the suppression that happens on TikTok. And it made Mm -hmm. me think about the history of printmaking in the United States and Black printmakers. And I think a lot of people think about like black printmakers, they might think of Romare Bearden or Elizabeth Catlett or um, Robert Blackburn, who are all 20th century um, black artists who work in print. But I wanted to talk about the first 100 years of black, black printmaking. So in general, you know, when we think of printmaking, we need to think about the early history of print is like TikTok mass media. 
right? It was this idea that people like Gutenberg, I mean, he was he was just making a Bible so he could sell a Bible, right? It's a commercial production. Mm. It's not unlike photography, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's like a means to an end. It's a means to an end. Yeah. And so when we look at like some of the things that happened in early American history, they wanted communication out there for better or for worse. So you have things like the Stamp Act, where there's a cap on how much you can charge postage for newspapers. And oh. that is that's a huge thing. And I actually have the I didn't date. Know that. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, things like that changed. So in 1792, the Postal Act of 1792, it was not the Stamp Act, apologies, um, says that the maximum cost for newspaper delivery in the country was 1.5 cents, hmm. which is important because like a letter at that time would cost six cents. Mm. Mm. And so there was this, there's this sort of idea that mass media was a positive which mm. I think is interesting. Now, it's a positive because, and I don't want everyone to think like, hey, our founding fathers were so liberal, they wanted everyone to know the things. It's also a positive for them, right? Like, it's not like, um, it's that you're getting their story out there as well. Yeah, well, it was about self-interest, not about, you know, mass right. communication for the people. Right, right, right. But just as in Europe, there's a lot of, you know, movements, like, um, basically handbills, you know, people were putting out pamphlets, mm -hmm. you know, all of those things to get their story out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hold on. I was like, is that Pixie? Is it a person? It's Coco. It's Coco. <laughs> get this cat out of here. She's just galloping. She's by. never been a menace on this podcast before. No, this is usually the pixie. first time. This is Pixie. This is the first time. You know what? Time. It's because she, she really has upgraded time. her look. Yeah, she's <laughs> feeling cunty. I get it. <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> that was so funny. I don't even know what she's doing over there. She's behind the chair, just like. I love her. I love. She's like, I'm really feeling it. I'm gonna cause a scene. I'm gonna cause a ruckus. She really is. I love it. I love black um, cats. So, and I th and I think the reason I bring up these things like the Postal Act of 1792 is that between that and a lot of other things in the 1790s and then early 1800s, this is all before the Civil War, you have the cost of um, production also goes down, the cost of paper, the cost of printing, there's more printing mm -hmm. presses. Basically, all of the systems are in place for communication to be easier. Yeah. It sound a little bit like TikTok, right? It's yeah. mass production. Mm -hmm. All of the systems are in place. Mm. The infrastructure, if you will. The infrastructure, if you will. All of which is good. I mean, I think this statistic is amazing. The cost of production from 1830 to 1850 of print went down 600%. That's cool as fuck. Like, objectively, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, so... In this background, right, like, and things are changing, things are changing. One of the things that happens, of course, is in any mass production, the status quo gets the vast majority of communication. So these newspapers that are easier and cheaper to print and to mail are largely telling the status quo of the 1790s and early 1800s. And so what kinds of messages are being shared, would you say? That's a direct question. It is a direct question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Some kind of propaganda? 
Yes, indeed. I, I asked mean, an Australian who didn't have to take like the U.S. history. I um, mean, people, I mean, like, from what I know, when people figure out how to disseminate information, they normally try and disseminate their wild ideas. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and so there, there, a lot of the ideas of the 1790s, it's a, it's a new nation, is mm -hmm. about the ideas of what they want this new nation to be, which mm. is a lot of what they had before. You have to, like, you have to think the colonial Americans had a generally a fairly high quality of life, right? Like, so, like if you look at the numbers and what's happening in the colonies compared to what's happening in England, they are living better, right? They have more nutrition. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes, they just had a war, but but like probably working less than us, eating better. <laughs> That's true. They don't not about not like yes, maybe less than us, but definitely le they're doing better than their English counterparts. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of these messages are about that. But their good quality of life is largely thanks to indentured servants and uh, chattel slavery. Mm, mm. And so the messages that are coming out are things that support a lot of things in the newspaper are supporting the way of life that exists. Right. And the positive things of the way of life that exists. And mm -hmm. so in one of the first moments in like historic moments of black printmaking is pamphleteers who are working against this. Mm -hmm. And so the pamphlet, like we think of pamphlets now as a thing you get like at the dentist's office. But when you talk about pamphleteers and these early pamphlets, actually uh, like somebody who was doing pamphlets would be like, you know, like uh, Franklin did, uh, Benjamin Franklin did pamphlets. You have pamphlets coming up like an English society at the time. People are making pamphlets, you know, like because a pamphlet was actually basically like I would say in some ways when you see a TikTok that's all pictures and you're flipping through it and it's telling you a story, like a story about what's happening in Gaza, what's happening in Congo, that's a pamphleteer. Hmm. And so these there was two pamphleteers um, and they, in 1793, there's a yellow fever epidemic. And so, and, and like thousands of people are dying, mm -hmm. right? And you have to think like the population was fairly small at the time and so in 1793 they refute there's a there's a person who basically puts out this pamphlet about how it is clearly enslaved people who are causing this epidemic we're dying in these high numbers i mean everyone is dying right mm, it's mm. not actually in any higher number by race and um or it's actually not true it is probably higher some people say in enslaved populations but also because of their conditions so there's two pamphleteers who are people who were born into slavery who were in philadelphia uh richard allen and absalom jones who in 1793 put out pamphlets about how it is not true mm. and they refute the claim and actually the person who put out the first pamphlet about how it was enslaved people recants. He changes his tune and becomes an abolitionist. Wow. Because of their pamphleteer. And I think that's to me why, you know, when we talk about people like Elizabeth Catlett, who's one of the most wonderful people I've ever met in real life, like an extraordinary human being. I met her just sort of not actually maybe a decade before she passed away. Mm -hmm. Talk about people like her or, um, or, you know, Robert Blackburn or all these artists who are working in the 20th century, they're often seen as voices of 20th century labor, sorry, um, uh, civil rights movements. But I think looking back at the first 100 years of African American printmaking, you see, it's like, it, it already existed here, right? In mm -hmm. like 1793, you're changing people's um, thoughts 
based on your prints. Mm -hmm. This makes me think. Yes. Bringing up <laughs> most cited <laughs> in my practice right now. So in The Civil Contract of Photography by Ariella Azale, mm -hmm. she actually has an example in, I think it's the first chapter, where there was a man who uh, basically dedicated his life to helping free enslaved people, uh -huh. and he was branded by other white people as um, uh, like slave stealer or something, like SS. Uh, and he went into a photographic studio, uh -huh. asked the photographer to photograph his hand and the branding, and then distributed that as a leaflet and re and like everyone kind of relabeled it as slave savior essentially they were like it was this i'll have to find it get a copy of it i have a digital copy of it somewhere but i'll we should put it into the discord because yeah it was like one of the earliest examples of photography being used as counter resistance well, and so that's cool. what this is, right? It's yeah. counter resistance. And then you see from basically. This also made me think of like SNCC, it's exactly, like SNCC, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I think, you know, I think that one of the things that, that you see, and so like it keeps going, right? Black newspapers. There are black newspapers with, you know, like circulations in the 18, um, the mid 1800s, like right mm -hmm. before the Civil War of hundreds of thousands. Mm, mm. Right. Like so like you're seeing this um, growth in media as a form of, you know, like really of trying to use their voice. And if you cannot use your voice in mass media, that is um, that it, you, you're going to make your own mass media. Yeah. Right. I mean, 100%. that's the story of the pamphleteer that they're yeah. they're making their own mass media. And then, you know, lithography, which really comes into its own in the middle of the of uh, uh, the 19th century mm. becomes a huge media for this. And so another person and I could sort of I wanted to just bring up a couple of people because, you know, we're trying to be on time these these days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> uh, um, that really did sort of, you know, really stuck with me. That person who said, wow, every episode is different. Um, Brutalized by what was actually a compliment. <laughs> You know, it takes all kinds. So I think that there is a picture that, uh, and I'm going to describe it. So I'm looking at it while I tell you. But there's an image that I think a lot of us in history textbooks have seen. Yep. And it's an image of somebody who is kneeling, uh, one knee up, one knee down. Uh, somebody who has, um, it looks like both of the hands sort of in praying with uh, chains and uh like a you know a band here right to keep the chains in place mm. their legs are unchained but you can see on the ankle there's also a metal band and mm -hmm. it's a figure who is black who's wearing um like a like a loincloth basically and looking up and it's an engraving from 1835 so 30 years before the end of the civil war mm -hmm. and I, I would, we can put it in the show notes, but I would guess lots of us have seen that image. It's it's reproduced in textbooks and like, mm, mm. you know, like I see it on like TikToks about like slavery. It's like a kind of a, a snapshot of when people want to show slavery, but they don't want to show like the act, because it's, it's, it's definitely like a cleaned up version, right? There's mm, like the person mm. doesn't have marks on their back. It's, you know, like those kinds of things, but it, it is, you know, very commonly used image and actually what i find fascinating about it is i've seen this image forever 
Mm. And I never really thought about where it came from. It kind of happens with the ubiquitous image. It does, does doesn't really. it? It you really just, like, does. You don't, you don't, it's like, you, the curiosity of where it comes from goes away when you've seen it too much. Exactly, exactly. So I looked it up and I was excited to hear it was from a Cleveland artist named Patrick H. Reason. And one thing that is interesting is when you look at, um, you know, the people who are depicting both um, the black story in the in the 19th century, late late 18th and 19th century in print and in um visual imagery mm -hmm. a good percentage and it should not be surprising given the history of the united states a, a good percentage are uh, were born in slavery but uh patrick reason was not mm. um he has roots in haiti so that would have been you know the, with the revolution so he but mm -hmm. he was himself not born into slavery um but um in the united states was an abolitionist and so he was living in cleveland um and working as a jeweler and a printmaker and so he made this and he's a group of there's, you know, a number of known artists who are working who had not been um, Douglas with two S's is another one who were not born to slavery. And I think the other reason I bring that up is because. Uh, so. In these stories, what we're seeing is that the the story of. Uh, you know, black America in the 1700s and the 1800s is much more complicated than yeah. our history books give, right? Like this is a person who was living in Cleveland, who was not born into slavery, who was making a living making art. Yeah. And I, I think that that's a story that we don't hear enough. Like every yeah. person I just told you is making a living making communication. Doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I love teaching. <laughs> and I mean, you know, he he, he like he, his story was fine. He had a, he got married, mm. had a had a kid who became a doctor yeah, yeah, yeah. in Cleveland. Um, he does not have sadly any surviving. Um, and like his son did not have any kids, so he doesn't. He didn't mm. have any grandkids. I guess it's a story boomers always tell. But but I think that. Um, but in 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 many of these figures, in many times when we think of Black History Month. I think a lot of what people bring up is tragedy and black suffering. Well, it's that thing that I talk about all the time, right? Which is that people want the trauma. They don't want yes. the liberation. They don't want the transcendence. They don't want the right. joy. They don't want the right. actual story of people living. They just want your suffering right. because they can tokenize and commodify your suffering. Right. And I, and I think what's it's interesting is if you know you read the stories of the 1830s, 40s, and 50s, mm -hmm. um, and these these were definitely outliers. I don't yeah. want to say that you know yeah. the, the majority, the vast majority of Black Americans in the early 1800s were enslaved. So I'm yeah. not I'm not trying to, to 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 decrease that, but these voices were important in abolition. Yes, and they were important in liberation. And and oftentimes when we talk about abolitionists, we see them as white saviors you know the white people mm -hmm. and they were not right they i mean they were some of them were white people but some of them were not and um and and a lot of the stories of artists in the 20th century have really been built upon the 19th century artists and writers who mm. were making their own way now they had to make their own way, kind of, you know, to segue for the same reason that black creators on TikTok have to make their own way, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, it strikes me 
There's a there's a creator that I know I've mentioned on the podcast before, um, Chem Thug. I don't know Chem Thug's first name. Uh, I don't know that I've ever. I don't I know, know that people they by their username. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, who is? And I, I mean, I there was a there there are videos that I have to watch at least three times. Not because Chem Thug is not a good educator, but like. It does take me a minute. Like, I'm like, ooh, what's happening? Mm, mm, like, there was mm, one about mm. batteries that I was like, huh, I don't get it. Um, but <laughs> that is not ChemThug. That is me. But I think one thing that strikes me is that ChemThug is a very good chemistry educator. I did mm, take mm. chemistry, so I have some, like, basis, but I think anybody could love those videos. And what strikes me over and over and over about those videos is, and yet... Despite all the clear PhD knowledge, you don't need a PhD to be knowledgeable, um, but you need to be a good communicator to be on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Still, they get comments. I mean, like, it seems like I look at the comments and people are still like, you're a black man. Like, you know, and I, and I it's it's <laughs> it strikes me that one of the biggest challenges <laughs> I know about but about Black History Month is it it. It often it does um, invite certain people to share like sort of their trauma posts or, you know, mm, like, you know, mm. and often like white creators, are, you know, taking up the air this month. <laughs> Sucking the air out of the fucking room. <laughs> so, I mean, I and I think that As I bring it up because how many Black History Month posts have you seen lately? Oh, I mean, I was dropping this in the group chat, right? Like, yeah. I've seen nothing. And I am very much in, like, black TikTok spaces. I get a lot of, like, hair content. And, like, you know, revolutionary disability-based content out of these spaces. And I've seen maybe three posts. That's about it. I the, So after you said that, I saw a video... Um, and I've never seen this uh, this creator before, mm. uh, who apparently has one of those um, goose geese. A single goose is a goose. Um, a, <laughs> a goose. Yeah. It's like what I said when you. It still is one of my favorite lines of this whole podcast. When you hear the word biscuit, do you think cookie? <laughs> Um, a that was thing. such a fucking stupid conversation, and I love it. It was it the was, best because it, it actually had like a lot of meaning behind it. It did. It did. It did. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so she has one of those geese. I guess this is how I want to say it. She has one of those geese that people put outside of their house, like old ladies had <laughs> when I was a kid. Like old ladies had them. They would dress like them a up. statue. Yeah, yeah. Is that where this like changing of the goose page comes from on TikTok? Because yeah. yeah. like, uh, see. That's the one I'm talking about. Now everything makes sense to me because I fucking love that page. Like, and now it's I've time never, for ever the changing seen it. of the goose. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I've never good. actually seen that page. I've never, really? I've never, I never had until wow. now. But, but I do know the people with it. the geese. It's the same people. So it's the people with the geese, the people with the like um, flag. You know, they'll change the flag for the season. Mm -hmm. The people with the thing over their mailbox. It's like suburban wow. people. Australia does not go this hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you have? But do I also you have come from the tropics where there's like not seasons. So, but also like I think that that you have to be. It's a very specific. Ge it's a specific geography, though, right? Like mm. you have to have like enough people drive by that they notice, mm -hmm. right? It's a kind of suburb that has to have um like you have to have like a front porch. You have to like certain setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I think that that's part of it. It's like these, like, suburbs. Suburban theater. Yes, it is suburban theater. <laughs> well, so I guess in, so in that account, the, the first, after you said I haven't seen very much Black History Month content, mm. I, it, it occurred to me I had neither, and the only one I had seen was the goose. <laughs> and she she oh, went to talk, she said... <laughs> Oh, white goose. Are there blackies? There must be, right? There's black swans. Are there also blackies? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, but a white goose. Um, what we have a producer for. Are there black geese? Can you tell She's us? She's going to look it up. She's going to find out. <laughs> She's going to tell us in the chat. Um, but they, uh, she was good, went to Target, got a Black History Day, uh, Black History Month t-shirt uh-huh. and put it on. I mean, and then gave the goose because it's going to school to learn about black history a, a backpack and put it outside and there are black did- geese thank you <laughs> good to know so in north america thanks samita <laughs> oh god. this is fun thank i god like this structure you. i love when thank god i love that you. we have someone to look up <laughs> stupid shit thank god for you anyway so um so so but i think that what strikes me is and she actually did a good job and said i'm not going to take the air out of the room i Mm. know that this is the month for black creators Mm. and i thought that was really good um but i i you know i would say to people uh, and there's another creator whose name i always forget um who's an actor who does my who did it last year and is one of my he does my one of my favorite Black History Day, uh, Black History Month contents, which is um, he does um, Black History for like really fun. He does like Happy Black History Day Month to people who love Pokemon. (laughs) It cracks me up. It cracks me up every time. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think like how do we counteract this, though? Look up stuff that you're interested in. Be active in seeking out the content that you want to consume. And if you haven't seen creators for a while that you know you should be seeing, go and find them. And apparently that often does kind of like jumpstart your feed a little bit. Oh, it does? Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you. I feel like you get beta tested on a whole bunch of shit because you've got a following. So I I could tell you how your app functions because like I'm also on an Australian app store. So I also have not had TikTok shop properly the entire time this has been happening. Like I had maybe access to the TikTok shop like tab for two days and I haven't seen it since. So. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Mine just came back. Mine went away and then came back. And then I had a friend's one for a minute. I don't know. We'll have to put in the show notes who that creator is that. um... Oh, here it is. Yeah. I got it. I got it. It's um, not Wilden. Ah. I don't know what their first name is either. I don't know anybody's name. <laughs> Do you know mine? <laughs> no. I yeah, I don't, don't think so. No, no, no. It's but like I've... the ending of Deadlock. Delise? I know. Do you not Wait. know my name? You. Paramore fans. Afro oh, yeah. Know they're black. Yeah, yeah, People yeah. People seen that one episode of Martin with the toenail. Girls who still can't braid. <laughs> Girls who still can't braid. There's actually a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network that is, like, a podcast for black people that's about, like, things that black people are into culturally that, like, aren't really considered, like, black people things, like Paramore and Uh anime and, Uh you know, all these things that are, like, Uh traditionally considered, like, white people things. Uh Um, And it's – I don't remember what the podcast is called, but, you know, the Max Fun Network. Yeah, yeah. That's the McElroy brothers. That's, you know, artist – it's, like, artist-owned – 
uh, yeah. audience supported network, um, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, like thoughts and feelings, friends, have a think about it out there. <laughs> we have a Patreon, I guess. I'll just slip that in there. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think that what I would encourage people to do, I mean, like we, I, I, one, think that Black History Month, you could do it like any month. It doesn't have to be February. Like look it up anyway. Yeah. Yeah, um, and maybe some... not like the shortest month of the year either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I would also say one of the things I hope that this episode did was encourage you to look for stories you haven't heard about blackness. Yeah. Right, like that That, that I, I do know that there's a lot of trauma that is in the history of blackness. And I'm not saying that that isn't important, but also like, diversify the kinds of things you're watching. So yes, Black Paramore fans. I do actually know there's mm. a whole lot of Black Paramore fans. Yeah. But you know, like, but like, try to think of, you know, find new things. Like today, I actually posted about Pat McGrath. Mm. I just, you know, she's not American. She's English. But, um, but it's like, you know, genius though. Sure. Right? And I but like, find some other stories. Because I, yeah. the first video, I, the other Black History Month video I saw today um, was a video about enslaved um people in baroque paintings mm. and i think that's an important story but absolutely like, that isn't the only story right and like so far the only black since that uh, goose that i found the only images i've the only videos i've seen without like um that are truly black history are about trauma yeah and yep. i think that if if that anything else you can en engage the algorithm to give you celebrating stories as well yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, I, I don't think it can be said enough, like it, that algorithm functions the same way that like the art world functions. They want trauma yeah. from you. Yeah. They want yeah. your soft story. They want yep. your struggle against patriarchal capitalism. They want, they want to see you suffering to make your, you know, story heard instead mm -hmm. of giving you mm -hmm. a platform. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So oh, put, God, I mean, I think note. like, well, I mean, I, to go back to like the idea of black pamphleteers, mm, right? Like mm. they, those also succeeded because people bought those pamphlets because people took that information. Yep. And so like to, you know, circle back to the beginning, the mm. point of this is in some ways choice, right? We do yeah. push the market and you can push the algorithm. Like if more and more people push the algorithm to one, follow more black creators. Mm -hmm. To not leave those creators like su I'm surprised you're black and smart comments, um, and then three. So fucked up. It's so messed Just, up. Just like keep it to yourself. Why they say anything? They can't. They can't. The people who want to tell, they cannot. The people who want to tell is too much. Um, and then three to sh to share. I think like if in this month, if you want to do something. Share cool stories. Share, like, oh click God. share. Utilize click that share. repost button. Like, repost you know, that. I don't care if it's repost Tumblr. That. I don't care if we're on Tumblr 2.0 at this stage, like, crossed with Vine. Hit the repost button. You mean like, it's awesome. Tumblr and Vine? Who didn't make that baby earlier? I know. But also, I mean, I got to say, I guess now that Universal has taken away all of that audio, now's a really good time to find black artists and musicians because uh <laughs> like there's like no music on the app anymore we're basically back to like vine culture so like it is vine i think culture, that guy who danced to pony artists. is going to be back 
I love that guy. Uh, so, you know, my favorite <laughs> You remember, you know, Jory, who uh, alluring skull on TikTok? She made this fucking video. She was like, "Well, all that music is gone, but at least we still have Seabat." And I was just like, "I fucking hate this app so much. <laughs> I hate I, it. I am so upset." And like every time Seabat comes back onto my FYP, it's for a different reason, and I hate it. I did make a video. I love the. There was a. <laughs> group of students who were dancing to a ringtone <laughs> and then there's that fluffy duck sound that everyone's uh -huh. using now uh -huh. uh, everyone's think... in the hellscape of what it's like to run a tiktok business account <laughs> no that's true i do think that like umg like i do think like the february 1st umg pulling and i i think it's that's interesting crazy. because like taylor swift was there um what they were going with um uh, Taylor Swift was what they're going with, but there's also a lot of black artists, and I've seen a lot of videos of black artists who are much smaller than the Taylor Swifts of the world who are getting screwed because of this. Yes. So find them, yes. follow them, and look up their music on Spotify so they can get paid. Yes. I think that's though a I gotta good say, place the less to end. Taylor Swift I have to listen to, the happier I am. People are singing it, though. Like, it's never gonna end, friend. It's never gonna end. <laughs> I, I just have and every single one of her hashtags blocked, and yet she still turns up on my FYP. <laughs> she still turns up on my okay, fucking okay, FYP. Okay. So you know who could turn up on your FYP if you follow us. Artlust underscore podcast. <laughs> you don't have UMG, you have us. Follow us on TikTok. Yeah, Seema will be the music to your ears. And Sophie. Uh, oh, everyone loves your voice. Oh. Everyone loves that accent. So fancy. And then you can the also- fact that everyone tells you that and not me. Unfair. What? People tell you that, they don't tell me that to my face. If you think my what? voice is sexy, oh, yeah. tell me to my face. That's right. I can they take do. it. They always tell me. Sophie has a great voice. I'm like, thanks a lot. <laughs> you can also uh, do all the things on Apple Music and Spotify, tell mm -hmm. a friend, look up our Patreon. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks, friends. Thanks, Pixie. <laughs>